All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 358. Jason Lindgren is with me and Owen Benjamin is back. Uh, people may have seen the mainstream news. I'm sorry if you did, but if you did, not too long ago, they lined up on Owen in, in my view, one of the scariest ways, just kind of irresponsible language and associations with violence that has supposedly happened in our timeline in this country is just all very unexcusable. And if I'm not mistaken, Owen had been making a documentary, which is either available or shortly available. I've seen most of it. And so we decided to have him back on to talk about that. Uh, we'll keep an even keel for the first hour and we'll open up an hour or two. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very fine good morning. All right, man, I'm a bit run down, but we get a break after this one and uh, it should fly by with Owen here. Yeah, good. thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm pumped to be back. So um, how are things going in your neck of the woods? I mean, you're basically living on the land at this point, aren't you? Yeah, man, things are awesome. Uh, the kids are doing great. I got three little boys. Uh, our homestead is uh, producing enough food for ourselves and about five or six other families milk. And we're trying to get in the cheese. Uh, we make our own cheese and our own butter and stuff, but um, I'm not quite ready to be responsible for cheese yet. But milk is uh, we're providing a lot of milk. But uh, yeah, the people up here are awesome. Uh, there's, there's very little change up here these days. And I think that's one reason why, uh, I think there's been some real media attacks against me because, uh, of the success of the area and of what we're doing with Bertaria and all that. And the documentary Crow was just referring to is, uh, buildingbertaria.com. It's available for free and it's really good to send to people. Uh, a lot of people that aren't in the quote unquote truth community really enjoy it. Um, yeah, like your wife will like it. My, my wife's in it and it's free. So you can always donate if you want on that site to help make our next one. But yeah, during the filming of that, which is interesting because we were, we were originally just crowdfunding for a campground, you know, because so many people's weddings and all this stuff was being canceled for nonsense. And we're like, okay, I have a big enough audience. Let's all throw in some cash and get a campground so we can have get togethers or uh, small events. Or just a place to take your kid fishing if, God forbid, you have to be injected um, in a national park. And so that started this whole fury of media against me. And, you know, I'm on the front page of the local newspaper as a cult leader. And they compare me to Ruby Ridge, and which is very ironic. We don't need to get into that, especially in hour one. But um, so, yeah, the violent rhetoric got pretty crazy. But the good news is... It's just a hall of mirrors. It's just like fake ghouls in a haunted house. If people don't bite, it doesn't work. And in fact, kind of like what you guys talk about with Alphonse and all that stuff, there's a lot of victories that are not reported in the media. Like, for example, one of the main guys that uh, started all this, like now his newspaper is gone, his online newspaper that was the seed that started the fire against me that went all the way to the front page of Yahoo News. Uh, you know, Daily Beast, Daily Mail, all of it covered it. And they were all quoting one guy who was quoting YouTube comments. So that's how the lie waterfall works. It's a information laundering Ponzi scheme. He's now out of business. And so, that, of course, you're never going to see that reporting because they don't report the wins for the little guy. But, um, you know, if you have good neighbors, if you people actually know you and can verify that you're not, uh, I mean, some of the quotes, guys, you'd, you'd laugh. When, when you see this, we're thinking about even um, 
taking out billboards to promote the documentary and, and putting quotes from the local paper of like, they're definitely up to something like they've acquired 40 cords of wood. I mean, it was just, it was as if it was written by like, like children playing, like LARPing, you know, cause we're making cord wood cabins. You know, we, we figured out this, uh, old school way of making cabins with, uh, lime and sand. And, uh, Europe has a lot of these where you take old, dried cord wood and you make it into what looks like a stone cabin. And so we just had a bunch of cord wood and they were using, they were trying to create this illusion that we were starting a militia and it was paramilitary training and all this. And it's just crazy to watch. And so the good news is we had a documentary we were filming about just crowdfunding a campsite. And now we have this epic documentary about how the media actually works and it'll help people's fear because you can see the bottom up nature of a lot of these things where it's just about complying to lies and people addicted to fear and all that stuff and how, cause we actually went to the guy's office to interview him who said, who wrote this original article about me with that language that you were talking about that invokes violence. Uh, and he admitted on camera that he doesn't research anyone he writes about. And so, you know, you guys talk about journalistic integrity on the show a lot and to, to think about a time when journalists now are cranking out so many stories every day, they don't, they literally don't even know what they're talking about at all. Like they don't even feel that it's necessary to look into it at all. No, they're not, they're not source anymore. I proved that when I worked for the examiner, Owen, I don't know if you're familiar with that story, but there, there, there is no knowable source to what gets passed around now. Yeah. And there's a great book on it that, uh, came out a while ago. I read it when it first came out. I wasn't even involved in any of this stuff. It was when I was still acting in Hollywood and doing stand-up. It's called Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday, I think his name is, where he goes through the steps of shock marketing, where he would intentionally try and trigger feminists or a group because uh, he was marketing this movie called, or a book, I don't know, but it was. I think it's called uh, Serving Beer in Hell, or I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. And how he, he used, he had no uh, advertising money, but he would just keep triggering people and show how it just goes right up all the way to the New York times. And it was all started by trolls. And so I think one of the real problems with modern society is this troll infestation, which is, uh, these shadowy online people that really enjoy just seeing people in pain. It's very demonic. And the amount of people that listen to that is in direct proportion to how bad the area you're living in is. And so I'm really fortunate that a lot of people around where I live work with their hands. They don't pay attention to a lot of news. They're very aware because this guy that did this to me did it to everybody. Like we had a local pastor uh, interviewed for the doc where the same, where the same reporter, quote unquote, uh, called him a racist because he wouldn't close his church for Karimi. And, uh, and, you know, in my opinion, that's the only real church, like anybody that, that wasn't scared during that, I think testifies to his faith. And so this guy attacked him mercilessly. They, they, they just attack personally, everybody that is a solutions oriented person. And so, um, that's how I got involved in all that. But like, you know, one of my skills, I guess, is not being afraid in, in those situations. Like I, I just naturally don't have a, a fear response to um, crowds or attacks or anything like that. 
it's not saying I don't have fear responses. Like I'm, I, I don't like going up a ladder, but, uh, that qu- doesn't affect me. And so, you know, uh, but when you stay cool in those situations, you know, predator, a predator reacts to a prey. And so if you don't act like a prey, a lot of predators don't even see you. And so I've learned along the road to, to be just a lot more chill about this stuff. Cause in the past I have reacted too big and the way the internet works, I know I'm rambling a little, but I just want to make this point. Uh, the way the internet works is, uh, you might react to some really horrifying stuff that people are sending you. And then that is taken out of context to try and show the world that you're really a monster. And so that happens all the time. And, um, that would happen to me. That happens to just about everybody at this point. I'm, I'm not unique in that where you have these, and I'm convinced that there's algorithms where other people can't even see what you're reacting to. So you'll have all these comments back when I was still on Twitter, all this other stuff that are really just nasty and aggressive and, and violent. And so when you react to that, other people, in my opinion, I can't prove this, but they can't see what you're reacting to. So all they see is your reaction, which is going to be big and exaggerated and scares a lot of people. Taking the bait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called yeah. taking the bait. Uh, I, I've talked about that a lot, but you know, one thing that shocked me and one of the reasons, you know, I, I looked at the documentary, by the way, is, is that documentary available? When is it available? Where it is available? It's available right now and it's free. So because we had uh, great, we have great donors. It's uh, gr- see, we do ground up good work too. You know, it's not j- even, everybody has a vote in this world and it's a free uh, will world. And so just as you see all this bottom up tyranny, you can also see the good stuff. And so I'm very blessed and fortunate to have an audience that was so generous to see these things built that uh, I decided to release it for free. Where is it, Owen? Buildingbertaria.com. So Bertaria is B-E-A-R-T-A-R-I-A. So buildingbertaria.com. And so we're already working on our second one. And uh, because the first one's called Foundations, it's a trilogy. (laughs) And then the third one, you know, hopefully, we you never know how these things go, but I record another comedy special in this new property. Well, as, as I was about to lay down, I was happy when I saw how you responded and you didn't take the bait. Yeah. When I was early on in this, I got plucked into it and I had to learn the hard way. Uh, I made it all the way to, I don't know, do you even remember the names of the places, Jason? There were some of the biggest purveyors, the Daily Mail. Yeah. Other places that wanted to make um, Gizmodo. I, I forget. They were big, big places. And all of a sudden, there you are. And I didn't know any better. So I took the bait. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was being interviewed by Newsweek and I caught a break because the guy from Newsweek, Max Kruger, very even handed, fair man, treated me quite fairly. But the thing that happens is they give you a fake famous and that fake famous becomes the target that they can make to look any way they want to make. But what I just saw happen to you, they invoked some unconscionable ideas that I'm not even going to repeat here because that's how unconscionable they are. And uh, when you didn't take the bait, I think it flew over. Although for me, they came back on me two or three times, but I learned after the first time and I quit taking the bait. I think the last thing I did that was big like that was, I guess I did it twice, Jason. I don't remember Newsweek twice, maybe. Or, or Newsweek in print, Newsweek online or something like that. But you see, this has all happened. I learned quickly because I went out to get a job at a place called The Examiner. 
And I was told, oh, you won't, you know, you'll have to try three or four times. The, I, I submitted an article. They picked me up right away. And then I saw all the rules of what it takes to put news online. Basically, what happens is information comes from somewhere. They call it news. And then you have to regurgitate it. So if you want to write an article, you have to use the top search engines, figure out what the top trending story of the day is, take the top trending story, figure out what six to eight keywords are driving the story, reiterate those keywords six to seven times within the body of the rewritten paragraph that just regurgitates what the main story is. And you have to rewrite the identical headline title and reword it so that it's basically the same thing same words, refashioned. And what I tried to set out to do was to determine, can I put real news out? And the real news that I wanted to put out was, my name's Crow. I have a telescope in my backyard and I filmed this thing no one else filmed yesterday. That was the real news. I couldn't do it. I could not get it approved. So I was well aware of why they lined up on you. But let's let's get into some particulars just so people know. And by the way, if you get into cheese making, you're going to be crossing over into alchemy in a way there. So that would be very interesting. Oh, totally. That's one reason why I've gotten, I really enjoy when you uh, interview Balderson and a lot of these other guys, because that's, that's all it is. You know, I, I have fallen for the trick of thinking that quote unquote alchemy is the same as like magic or, you know, back in the day, it just sounded like uh, potions and stuff, but it's really just transmuting things in nature, which now I do all the time. Like I, I, I love making soil out of random stuff. I, I love and then the metaphors are just endless, where it's the, the culture of milk is being homogenized and why they do it and how they do it and how, you know, and you see that, that all over the world now, where you, you have unique cultures that actually give you the nutrition of the milk and they're burned, you know, using pasteurization and then homogenized to all be the same so they can be mass, you know, mass delivered and all this. I don't even know why they're doing without life. See, part, part, the big right. part of what's going on there is you're not ingesting life anymore. It's been boiled out of it. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I'm not, I, again, I'm not recommending anyone do anything I'm about to say at all. But, uh, but like milk doesn't really go bad the way we were told. I'll just leave it at that. Like I used to think that there was always a good reason why they did all this stuff where it's like, oh, you have to pasteurize it so it sits longer on the shelf. Nonsense. I'll tell you a fact. Eggs that aren't washed will last like a year. And a lot of people don't realize that there's a natural enzyme on eggs when they're laid, lay, laying, is that the word laid? I don't know. Laid, well, when, yeah. When they're laid that they don't go bad. And so when, when they wash and chemicalize the eggs, then they get rotten. Like you can have eggs in your basket, room temperature, right out of your chicken coop. Again, they're not recommending medical, whatever, I, whatever the disclaimer I have to say is, but uh, the, the, the lie is that they have to kill all this life in order to preserve the food when it's in my experience, that isn't true at all, where you can have raw unpasteurized milk in your fridge for 10 days, you open it, there's no odor at all. And in my mind, it was like, you had two days before it killed you. You know, it's like margarine's <laughs> going to kill you. Or I'm not margarine. Butter's going to kill you guys. I was going to say, well, margarine will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it a chance. That, that was marketed in the seventies as better for you than butter. I know. And that just conveniently went away. You know, well, I, I was raised in a margarine house and that's why I can't stand butter to this day. <laughs> wow. And miracle whip. That's why I can't stand mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. But like, but their justification isn't even legit. No, not even close. 
And so that's why it's an interesting time. And the good news is, is it appears one of the reasons I like you guys' show so much. And I was like really trying to get back on because I listen to all the episodes because there's, there's a reality to it, but also you show the other side, like the uplifting nature, which some truthers don't do. Outside of the hell a lot of us are experiencing and seeing in the mainstream, there literally is like unlimited opportunities. And that's what I really wanted to show in the documentary. And, and it's like that with food as well. Like I have three little boys and the first two had a medical I'm just going to, yeah, I know that there's all these buzzwords, but there's a thing that you do to babies so they don't get sick allegedly. So the first two had those. And then I learned what was in a lot of that stuff. And I felt really guilty about it. And so the third one, none. And I committed to like having the best food I could, the most healing food I could, because I was like, I can't believe I, I, I was part of that. And they're really healthy. Like my five-year-old, my three, they're all like, fast, strong, smart, wonderful kids. And so the good news is no matter what it appears, quote unquote, they are doing, it really comes down to our choices in life. And uh, if you can't afford to get a cow or a goat, or you don't have the time to do it or do the fence, there is going to be people in your local vicinity that will. And I recommend like supporting them now and buying stuff from them now, even if it's a little more expensive. Because I believe the grocery store supply chains are on their last leg. And so to get in now with these local supply chains, not only will you uh, survive this quote unquote apocalypse, uh, you'll thrive. And so I'm now looking at my kids in a time where I thought that, you know, the, the air is full of poison and the world's gone mad. And I'm like, man, they're having a better childhood than I had. You know, <laughs> like I was hiding under desks because of nuclear bombs and AIDS and, you know, my, my back then it's like you ride around in a car. We didn't have uh you know, and, and like your neighbor would be taking you somewhere and he's just chain smoking in a closed car with little kids and no one cared. Like nobody cared. <laughs> That's how you homogenize people back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all choice, man. So anyway, that's, that's what's going on on my end. Let's let people know actually what the whole Bertaria idea is. I had kind of started thinking that it was one singular place with a bunch of people in a singular place. Actually, get in, Jason. Let's let's try to define what the idea of Bertaria actually is, um, because let's face it, we see a lot of emails and a lot of usernames that let us know people are involved in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. So, Owen, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it is a real place, which, which is where you live, but it's also a philosophical concept in that you have your own Baratari, and it's an extension of this real basic back-to-nature, if you will, philosophy, which I think is amazing. And it was great. I watched the whole documentary, and it was cool that you put in little clips of people just shooting stuff on their iPhones and sending it in saying, this is my Bertaria. And I was like, that's awesome. This is the way to do it. You're spreading a philosophy that is nothing but positive and goodness and about taking care of yourself and having this symbiotic relationship with the earth and with other people who actually get it. Yeah, there's the problem. There's the problem for the media. Are those the kind of people that do what they're told and uh, roll up their sleeve if you know where I'm going? Right, right. And that that's exactly what it is. It, it That it isn't um, a specific place. Like my... My land, I called Ursa Manor, you know, and I think naming things is very important because I was seeing how a lot of groups that I found kind of despicable were casting spells 
And I thought, you know, everything has to do with intention, whether it's a gun or anything. It's like the intention behind it is rather, I believe it's good or bad at that moment. And so I realized naming things is very powerful. So Bertaria is like, it's an idea that people can run with where whether or not you're in a, literally in a prison cell with one seed, or you're on a 5,000 acre horse farm on the beaches of Australia, it's like Bertaria is reclaiming your space in a way where you start to grow, you know? And I started um, tweaking some of the, uh, the, the rhetorical mind worms that everyone has where everyone says a hill to die on. You know, they're like, oh, that's my hill to die on. I'm like, what about a hill to grow on? You know, and then people are talking about how the, the tree of liberty needs blood. I, at that time in like 2017, 18, there was a lot of like violent rhetoric. And because a lot of people felt cornered, they felt like the world had gone mad and, and up was down and left was right. And they didn't know what their children would be facing in the future. And like, we have no other option, which is all a trick, by the way. And so I said, you know, um, a, a hill to grow on. Like, don't be defined by what you want to die for. Be defined by what you're growing. And then, you know, resistance is futile. We change to persistence is fertile. And so I was doing all this in real time. There's one reason why it's easy to, for trolls to, uh, to um, defame me is because I did, I went through a lot of these processes live in front of million, literally millions of people, even like the, the globe earth stuff, uh, seeing the reality and, and, you know, begging my audience to give me proof of a spinning ball. Cause I didn't want to be humiliated again to understanding what it actually probably is. And like a lot of these things were happening in real time where I, I went through a phase where I'm like, Oh, there is like this sneaky little cabal that's doing stuff to us and all this. And yeah, there's, there's management of the systems here. And I, some, a lot of them, I would not want to, uh, you know, share a meal with. But in the end of the day, it's like, what are we doing? You know, fly on the wall. Am I just staring at a screen, getting angry and trying to blame my problems on other people? Or can I learn from other people and try to inspire my audience? And the word inspire is like in spirit. You know, you guys talk about spirit and the breath and all that. To really inspire people is to give them something, not to take. So it's like, I'm not going to create some place where everybody wants to move to and have a utopia. That's always a, uh, that's always a flawed plan. I mean, utopia ironically means nowhere. That's what the word means. So it's kind of a joke. So um, I was like, where you already live is Bertaria. Where you are already is Bertaria. And so I, we created a uh, news source, Bertaria Times, that isn't reactionary to anything. There's no politics. There's no who done it or anything like that. Like we would love to have Crow looks through a telescope and this is what he saw. You know, it's articles that are like, this is how you can berries. This is how you use lard to cook French, you know, uh, this is how you, you fix a camera. So we had what the bear community started just growing and growing and growing, uh, because people started giving themselves bear names. And I think the spirit, the spirituality side to it was it's the first time a lot of people name themselves. You know, a lot of people are functioning under these names, which as Crow talked about earlier, can be distorted. You know, they create this, this straw man and then they can do whatever they want with you. It's like what fame is, where they create an image in the media and then they can 
uh, shape it and break it if they want or make it an idol and then smash it. And it's like a lot of people are like, no, I'm welder bear. I'm excavator bear. I'm and, and a lot of people were defining themselves based on what they did, what they made. And so as the community grew, I realized how productive the community is. And so then we created this, this map, map.bertariatimes.com, where people would could put their location and find like-minded people in their area. Because right now I see the most mental health problems, especially with really good-hearted people happening because of perceived isolation. So you turn on the TV, the world's gone insane. You know, a lot of your family members don't want you at dinner unless you've taken part of an experimental medical program and you feel like I'm alone. And being alone is the worst place you can mentally put someone. It's documented that this is how you torture and break people. You know, isolation is uh, really bad. And so finding like-minded people and not having to purity spiral, you know, people do that with me all the time where they're like, oh, I, I love Owen except for this one thing he believes. And for that reason, I hate him now. And I'm like, dude, I don't agree with everything I said three months ago. Like I, that isn't a standard we can live by. So you you judge people based on their heart or like overall, are they seeking truth or are they seeking to hide? And so this community just kept growing. And the reason that the media attacks don't work is because we genuinely aren't trying to hurt anybody or challenge any of the cartels, like whether it's a medical cartel or a governmental cartel or a currency cartel or any of this stuff, we don't want to be the government. We don't want to overthrow the government. We don't want to make money. We don't want to set up a, a, you know, we're just people trying to not feel as isolated and to have our own social connections outside of a system that literally hates good. And so like at first I thought I was going to be actually persecuted. And that was a few years ago. Probably if you've ever seen troll compilations of me acting really agitated, it was from that time period where I had come out against a lot of Hollywood abuse. And I'll, I'll save that story for a second hour too, but there's a lot of trickery that was used to try and demonize me because of a certain group that a lot of people that were doing abuse fall into. And so I was very agitated and I thought, I literally thought that like someone was going to like come for me or something. You know, I I've watched all these movies and my mind went to violence. And when that didn't happen and I realized the control is from debt and fear. And then I started getting really into getting out of debt, not being afraid, being more self-reliant, more community reliant. Um, I realized just how free people already are. And that was mind blowing. And I couldn't have done it alone. And a lot of people were part of this process with me. Like we all, you know, on my live streams and, you know, at this point I've done 80 days of live streams. So you can hunt and peck and find little clips here and there, but 80 days of unscripted talking to the world, uh, going through highly emotional times. And in that time, I've never called for violence. I've never, um, you know, broken the law. In fact, people broke the law against me several times and I, I uh, followed up on that. And I honestly have had nothing but a good experience with actual government in my areas. They've always been great. Like when uh, trolls have broken the law, the government always has my back. When I was touring, I was banned from all the clubs and theaters because private uh, isn't always as private as people think when you're in debt. And so the public libraries would always allow me to do my shows, even though people said, oh, hateful, bigotry, blah, blah, blah. So many spells, guys. I mean, 
in Hollywood at 36, I'm like, you know, I'm single. Like Cedric the Entertainer puts me on a show to be an FBI agent because he really liked me. Or like I used to open for David Allen Greer, uh, Julio Iglesias, all this stuff. Like there's not a hateful bone in my body when it comes to the way I was perceived and everyone knew it. It was public. Like I was the guy that got along with everybody because I viewed another human being through their skill level, their heart, were they fun to be around? And so those, those scams that they set up where someone just wakes up one day and is motivated by bigotry, it's all they have left. And the good news is people aren't buying it anymore. You know, to say it's racist to not watch or it's anti-Semitic to not watch pornography or, you know, Rolling Stone literally said that. It's like, it's gotten to a point where, you know, my friend is a real estate agent out here and on his website, he said it's, uh, he likes to sell, he sells to constitutional minded people. They, the MLS literally called that racism. And so the irony, of course, is they're the ones implying that other races aren't into the constitution. It's, you know, I, I don't even have to spell it out. It's, it's just so preposterous at this point that I feel like they're flailing. Like if you say the truth about the moon or the truth about abuse and they're like, oh, that means you hate everybody in this group. I'm like, no, just these three guys who I can prove to you are abusing their children. There's a window here. It's pretty apparent uh, where they're going to do their smash and grab and get as far down the road as they can. Um, but one thing that I noticed when Rose finally got me access to the documentary that you made is, you know, it's been missing from our world for about, I don't know, 30 years, pretty much since the onset of everything digital. So maybe mid nineties, that's where the separation from nature started to set in really heavily. And children were coming up in the world that had never spent time outside. When I was young, I spent the first part of my young life in the hills of Southern California in the East County. Every summer, I spent it on the ocean. And what I learned from the real world, the natural world, is irreplaceable. I died almost, I don't know, four or five times. I almost killed myself from doing stupid things. I almost got bit by a rattlesnake a good six or seven miles from home because the big thing was, can we catch rattlesnakes with our bare hands? Because you're not the coolest dude here if you can't do that. The point is, is what you take away and what you learn, there's no other way to get it. And what I saw within the documentary was people going back to that. Um, the idea of what is permissible within the scope of nature, because the entirety of what's driving our world in the media is completely bereft of any natural anything. There is no rule. There is no bridge too far. There is none of that. But Jason, jump in. So, Owen, I would uh, get the biggest kick seeing you deal with Hollywood today with all of their pronoun wielding and crazy over the top ridiculousness it's like every single thing is a platform now there's not even any such thing as good storytelling like even the simple things like you used to deal with on television things like that i can't even fathom such a thing being made anymore oh yeah like this show sullivan and son i was on for three years that was produced by vince vaughn and this really cool tbs executive and peter billingsley who was the kid from christmas story who grew up to be vince's best friend and director all awesome people i still talk to those guys really down-to-earth people, all about story, all about the comedy. And it was about, you know, different groups of people getting together in a Pittsburgh bar. I was the white guy. Then you had the Arab, Ahmed. You had Roy Wood Jr., the black guy. And the lead was Steve Byrne, who was half Korean. Then 
the dad from Wonder Years was the dad. And, you know, the jokes were constant and funny. And now they're pretending that that isn't how nature is. That, that groups can have no problem being around each other, but you make fun of each other's um, mannerisms. You know, like working in a kitchen in Hollywood when I was still out there, I learned partial Spanish. And, you know, the, the way that you get along with a lot of different uh, groups, ethnic groups, cultural groups, whatever, is through light mockery, light comedy. And that's how you bond. And it's like, they're, they, they're pretending that that isn't real. They're pretending that, Men and women don't have differences and the way to have a successful marriage or relationship is to acknowledge that and enjoy the differences where there, again, it's like milk homogeny. And so now the good news is, cause it was a little dark for me for a little while. I'll tell, I'll tell that story an hour or two, cause there's no way I can do an hour one, uh, and, and give it, um, you know, the wholeness of it. If anybody wants to check out more owenbenjamin.com, if you want to see like the story, cause if you read about me just in the news, it'll make no sense. You'll be like, I just heard this great guy, but yeah, he's a bigot racist homophobe. It's like, they, they have to change my Wikipedia almost weekly now because it's all either fake or they're misrepresenting it. You know, like they were trying to shame me for all this stuff that came true. And so then they just delete it and add more nonsense. And so Hollywood, the good news, is the dark side for me was when I could no longer do Stand up, and I was painted. I'm painted on the wall of the Hollywood Improv. They were hold my my picture was hung up right next to Chris Rock. I know that sounds crazy because I haven't been in TV for a while, but I was considered an elite comedian. And so then it all had to do with a certain thing. I'll talk about an hour too. But then all the doors shut, like in unison, like bang, 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 bang. And I was like, oh my god, I can't do my favorite thing anymore. So I started doing tree work with my brother. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not just going to not have a life. I can do other stuff. And then I started realizing that they were shooting themselves in the foot that as long as we can survive this and just keep going and not fall for the bait and not get despair and not think that it's inevitable, everything that's coming, they're now destroying their own product to the point where now it's so much easier to do comedy for me. I have no competition. Like all the best comedians, you know, well, the best comedian just died, Norm MacDonald, and all the other ones have been paid millions and millions of dollars to lie. You know, when it's supply and demand, when you're paid 20 bucks and you can get a thousand people in a theater, that's 20 grand. That's legit. And you're like, I'm going to do so good that people come pay money to watch me. And that's all well and good until, you know, Netflix, the grandson of Edward Bernays, gives you $5 million to pretend men and women aren't different. You, you can't compete with that until it all falls apart. And then it's the easiest thing to compete with there is. And so their audience is now so scared of nonsense, they won't even go to a show. No one's watching this TV anymore. When you're cultivating this victim consciousness, everybody is going to be upset all the time. You'll never satisfy people. And so the people that kind of held on have a very bright future. And I think that a lot of these quote unquote reset sets and callings in history was like this. I don't think it was as, I think it was very free will. And I, there's a really funny show I've been watching actually for the first time in years. It's called Cobra Kai. It's as if all the karate kid guys grew up and it was like a continuation of that story with all the same actors. And I'm laughing hard at the show. And I haven't laughed at anything Hollywood's made in years. 
because it's actually set somewhat in reality. And there's all these 80s throwbacks and it just gave me a lot of joy. And one of my friends was in it and I just texted him out of the blue. Like, you know, I haven't talked to him in years. And I'm like, man, you made me laugh in that show, man. Because comedy is, is like a tragedy now. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm in Nevada now. Crushing, basically. And I'm like, everybody that's doing well left. Like my, and, and so, yeah, they're going to try and demonize and thrash. And I think one of the, another reason they came at me is because I was giving a blueprint to the slaves about how to you know, grow your own food, where I was like, hey, guys, check this out. You don't need an agent. You can, you can just film your own special and put it on Vimeo and charge 10 bucks. And if you live outside of LA, your rent's so cheap, it doesn't even matter. How great is this? And so then the fear washed over LA. And they're like, we have to break this guy so no one listens to him anymore. To plaf- Guys, I've been kicked off Airbnb. Like, it's nonsense. My, my criminal history is two speeding tickets my whole life. Like, I, I've never called for violence. I don't go to, I'm not even political. And so it's so nonsensical at this point where they're like, bigot, racist, homophobe. I'm like, dude, if I saw a gay guy getting beat up by a group, I would defend the gay. Like, I would actually fight the guys hurting that guy. How many of these people would do that that are saying these things about me? Like, none. Like, they're all just cowardly internet trolls. I just saw not too long ago, people, like, I I assume they're all in entertainment of some kind. They were talking about you. And the big put down was, what's he like? One of these Freeman on the land now? What's he growing his own potatoes? That (laughs) that was the big put down. Right, right, right. And I I thought anyone who watches... Yeah, anyone who watches this and and is on board, I feel sorry for them. If there's something growing better than growing potatoes, let me know what it is. I think what it comes down to is that people doing what Owen's doing, and there are lots of people who are doing that, they're scaring the weaklings because you're showing strength, and that's why they attack you, Owen. That's a big part of it. That's a big part of if you won't kowtow, they're going to do their best to try to make it. But there's another part of this, too. Um, It's beyond what's actually being done because of the result. I can use my dog as the example, and I know you can use your children as the example. When my dog came into the world, I was commiserating because I'm on the East Coast and no, he's going to get Lyme disease and he's going to have ticks and he's going to have this and you got to take him. The state of Rhode Island mandates that he by law has to have a rabies shot. And I started thinking, law my ass. Are you trying to administer my property? Which I don't even appreciate calling my dog my property, but I've learned that in this world, you're probably going to end up calling your children that just so you can hold your position. But what I did is I said, you know what? In the 70s, we had flea collars that almost no one used because you knew you'd kill your dog eventually with it. And so I'm going back. My dog hasn't had one tick. I, I walked him one day. I saw three on his back, pulled him off, threw him back into the woods. Other than that, not one tick, not one flea, probably because every other animal in the in this neighborhood is poisoned. So fleas have nowhere to be. I don't know. <laughs> but the other thing is I refuse to give him shots. And so at first they were, every time I brought him in, they're all, oh, he's got to have these shots. So I started saying, oh, I lost my job in COVID. I can't afford it right now. We'll have to do it later. And that worked for a while, believe yeah. it or not. And then pretty soon it's all no state law. And so I said, screw you. And I told them, you have listed 14 shots you want to give my dog. 14 freaking shots. I said, he's not getting any. And they said, you're not coming back. So if something really bad happened, I can't get him in. But what I've noticed is this dog is smart beyond belief. The, the look in his eyes, his ability to know things is well beyond 
what I used to expect possible from a dog. And that's a dog. So now roll that over to children. That's why people like you are getting attacked. Because if people go back to milk that's not pasteurized, they start making their own cheese like they still do in Switzerland with impunity, you're going to have a higher thinking community and they're going to be healthier for it too. And that's a problem in this kind of everyone needs a shot world we're living in. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even convinced what causes Lyme disease to tick anymore. I'm starting to think that that sounds very suspicious. It's all farce. Um, We've come around to that's not how nature works. And it's hard to talk about, um, and it's really not worth talking about in some ways. It's great to have people like Amanda Volmeron come and lay down how, say, communicable, so-called communicable diseases actually work, or someone else explain to you how the electromagnetic, like some people, I won't even say his name now because he got so freaking beat up in Italy, it's not funny. Um, a, a, A great homeopath came on and explained the electromagnetic effects causing the idea of a flu. But once you get these things, you begin to realize nature does not infect itself. People do not affect each other. And that is the lie of our time. As a matter of fact, such a grand lie that I'm not sure I can get away with that in hour one. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's scapegoating. It's just like people's behavior or how they're caring for their animals isn't up to, um, up to par. And so they just say, Oh, it's an invisible thing. It's not me. That's a measure of societies, by the way. It used to be a, a, one of the measures of a society was how they treated their their animals. That used to be an actual measure of a particular society. But anyhow. Yeah, animals get sick when they're wet. And they, the, the, the saying is they can be wet or they can be cold. They can't be wet and cold. So isolation, if they don't have buddies or if they're wet and cold or if they have unclean water or food, that's literally it. And all these like... I'm not going to say what isn't because I don't know. I don't want to get, you know, the hour one situation, but like my animal, I've never lost a goat like ever. And I've had goats now for three and a half years. And I know that sounds like, Oh, it really is. It's like you lose goats when they get wet and cold, or if you don't change their water, same with uh chickens, like all the chicken diseases that people talk about, it's because their water's bad. They don't free range their, their diet's bad. So how does that, how does that work? A goat's born, a chicken's born. Does he just stay on the so-called farm and live his life? Is that how it works with you? Yeah, I don't, I don't slaughter. I mean, I've, I've slaughtered chickens and I would slaughter turkeys, but the sentient level of goats is too high. Like I'm, I'm not eating my goats are like, I mean, they, they're more responsive than, than dogs. I mean, they're awesome. I love their milk. My cows, I love their milk. I'm not going to slaughter any animal like that, you know? And so, uh, yeah, they just live their life with me. I don't sell any of them. <laughs> I mean, I'd hook up friends with them. Like one of my buddies, I'm going to give um, my, because uh, you have to keep your cow in milk. They have to have a calf every like two years, three years to keep them in milk. And yeah, I don't want to like kill Dandy's kid. <laughs> you know, it's like weird because like there's a, there's a level of sentience where it just feels weird to me. Oh, and there's actually a thing that was a measure uh, for the old so-called ascended masters who supposedly started speaking to us in the late 1880s that you need to get off meat because that's dead. So you know what the vibration level is. But what they said is interesting because the way that you're thinking about it, get to fish and fowl as you get to get completely away from meat. And they said, never eat the red. That was what the the supposed ascended masters were telling people back in the day. But it's interesting to hear you think that way, drawing the line at a goat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so I'm just looking at, and I'm not going to criticize people who do that, 
But I will say that it's it's weird. It's tra- it's traumatic. It feels, and that's one reason why when you are a farmer, when you are a uh, homesteader, you don't get involved in these like violent fantasies of of people where it's like mount up, patriots, we got to storm this thing because it's bloody. It's it's even slaughtering chickens and all that stuff, which I've done a lot of because I wanted my family to have hormone free meat and all this stuff. It's still not fun. It's like you just look in their eye and you say a prayer and you're like, thanks, man. And, and you know, one reason why I can justify it is because there's certain breeds of chicken that get like so big that they literally have a hard time walking. Uh, they're like kind of for meat. So it's not you're not doing them any favors by letting them live long lives, but <laughs> you're talking about a thing. There's a fence. <laughs> yeah, right. There's this fence and some people live on one side of it and yeah. some people live on the other. There's no way you're addressing this down the middle. I'll watch you try, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like I recommend eggs, eggs and milk. It's like, it's almost like, um, rental properties where it's just the land of milk and honey is bought me and Balderson have talked about where the real, the real gravy is getting an egg every day from a chicken, well, 300 eggs a year from one chicken that you can get as a chick for $3. This can get us into the scarcity nonsense. You can literally get and and chicken. If I'm going to recommend people get involved in this lifestyle, get, get some hens, you know, your HOA, I don't even know what they're called. Like your local, your neighbors might get really upset at a rooster. And these are like little things that a lot of people don't even know. Like hens don't crow. They can make noise, but they're the cockadoodle do doesn't come from a hen and they'll give you an egg every day and they eat table scraps. So, and you don't even have to think about them. Like they don't need, if they have other hens, they don't need you to like hang out with them. You know, you can literally not see them for days if you don't want to. Like they, they just, they, they can live wild. They, they roost, you know, you don't want them out without a coop uh, for too long because, you know, a raccoon or a skunk will get them. But like an egg every day in the winter, it's less because they don't have as much sun. But think about that. You have five hens. Let's say they average four a day. That's four eggs every single day. They're like the golden yolked, beautiful egg. And it's unlimited. It's also so much. You've never had an egg until yeah. you've had a fresh egg. It's it, the, what you get from the supermarket is not the same. Yeah, you can just eat them raw. They're like awesome. Like my uh, wife's brother is a, thought he was allergic to eggs, but that was because he w- was only eating grocery eggs. As soon as he had our eggs, he realized he was no longer allergic to eggs. It's constant. Hmm. Owen, why don't you tell everybody the shocking truth about what an egg actually looks like? It looks like the sun. <laughs> it's 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 like a beautiful thing it looks like a golden sun it's uh it's awesome that's one thing i love about rhode island man they got rhode island reds here and the eggs are just dino best best you can get although they still tell that tale that um when you go to the stores here they'll make you eggs benedict but then they'll warn you that you're on the wrong th- one side of the mississippi i forget but the magical division is the mississippi of whether you can get I think it's salmonella. I forget. It's one of the supposed chicken diseases. So you can't have a sunny side up egg. I think we're on the safe side. Uh, I I don't remember, but I'm not kidding you. The Mississippi is the magical line for that tale. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'm blown away by how little disease there is. Like we live in a barn because I was so, uh, I, once I saw that people are managing control by debt and fear, I told my wife, I'm like, every penny I make, I'm getting you out of student debt and we're going to sell our New York house after I got kicked off Airbnb. 
and we had another old house too. Cause I made some money in Hollywood. I mean, it, it could run out really. It, I was on a path where it could run out very quickly. That's why I started doing tree work. But like I had some property and I'm like, we're not getting a mortgage. And she's knows that I'm kind of, kind of crazy, but I, I I'm pretty accurate. So she's like, okay. So we got like 10 acres and a barn with like a little corner area that we can live in. And, but it's cause what we could afford without a mortgage. And it, it, it's such a blessing because I think that it's one of the reasons our kids are so well-behaved because we're always around our kids, like all the time. Cause it's such a little area that we're constantly correcting their behavior. Whereas like these big houses, I call divorce houses. Me and Amy call them divorce houses. Like you could have six people and they never see each other. So it's like, they just become very distant. So we're literally living in a barn. Like right now I'm talking to you guys from the, the, the upper level of a barn. It's in your film. Everyone can see your barn that you live in. It's a hell of a long way from Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I got animals right over there and nobody's getting sick. And it's just so interesting. It's like, I thought that, you know, animals spread pestilence and disease and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, nobody's dying. Like the animals aren't even, dying. I have 120 chickens. They rarely die. Like every now and then one will die for like some weird reason. Usually it's because they get left out. Like if they don't roost and they sit out in a cold rain or something, but we even have hens now raising chicks completely naturally. Like you'll just see a mama head walking around and there's five little chicks just following her everywhere she goes. And they were hatched underneath the coop. And it's, it's crazy how healing that's, that's a positive thing I'll say for people is how healing nature is with itself. Where don't feel like super scared that all these people are going to poison the earth. So it'll never repair it. One, it always repairs. It's like, like uh, dandelions you can eat, you can make tea out of they'll, they'll break concrete. You know, there's, there, there's no way. That's what I think the nuclear bomb hoax was all about. It was like, they want you to think that we have the power to destroy all life. And you literally can't like, there's nothing you can do about it. If you stop managing animals or anything, like you just see that they just can figure it out on their own. Nature, the most amazing yeah. thing that we have, um, that we're all starting to become more aware of. And I'll tell you your movie, that's what struck me the most about it is all those people, all those young people going back to learn something from the natural world. And there's no better teacher in my book. You know, we've come to this age where uh, the internet in, I don't know, 15, 20 years changed the way everybody thinks about everyone else. And it was leveraged on. And right now people think they have the right to judge everybody as if they should be able to make the decisions for that life they're looking at. And in fact, they don't. You get one decision-making life. It's your own. That's the one you get to decide about. If you're married, you make agreements with your spouse. If you have children, that's another thing altogether. But other people that you meet, you don't get to decide what their life is about. They do. And the proof of that is the free will you are granted with your divine spark. Yeah. And so this idea that we just go around online judging and judging, I think that's going to come to an end too. I think so much of this is wearing thin. And we're about to see the medical system subdivide itself. It can't go any further. And at some point, people are going to be asking, why are we only living to 45 like the fake cowboys did? You know, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, all, it's all a put up at this point. But Jason, what do you say we wrap up and get the hell over into hour two so we can actually talk? Well, we're there with the time. So let's do it. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Oh, and tell, tell people in hour one, one more time where they can go check out your, your film that shows the barn you're living in. I saw it. 
It's called buildingbertaria.com. And if you want to watch my live streams or anything else, go to owenbenjamin.com. All the links are there. We've set up our own servers, our own live streaming on authorized.tv. I realized just like Crow did and Jason that, uh, that you know, you got to do it your own. And when you're a guest on another platform, as, as corrupt and self-destructive as they're appearing to be, it's still there. So if you do your own, you have a lot more staying power. So uh, I do two-hour streams every day. So if you if you enjoy this kind of stuff, uh, check out you know OwenBenjamin.com and then go to all those links. I think people could learn a lot that wanted to have their own chicken coops, learn how to make soap, these types of things that we've lost from about a generation and a half ago, which used to be much more commonly known. And this is where we're headed. We're headed to a world where you've got to become more an adult, more self-sufficient. If we're going to get out from under what we currently are, um, what we want to get out from under one wants to make every decision for you. So the opposite of that is I make decisions for me and I take care of most of the things that I need personally. But that's our one of 358 with Jason Lingren and Owen Benjamin. Uh, join us at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com for hour two, where we can clearly address many more things than we can in hour one uh, because of the world at hand. And I'd like to wish everybody listening a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. <laughs>